We apologize for this brief interruption in the show. As many of you likely know, the Higher Standard Podcast is officially sponsored by Transcend Company. Transcend has been my longtime provider for both testosterone and peptide therapies, but they offer so much more. Whether you're interested in health, wellness, or longevity, it all begins with you getting your blood work done. A lab draw will help you get the numbers and establish your baseline. You can go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Or you can click the link in the show notes on any streaming platform and on YouTube. Fill out your information and one of the representatives will contact you to get your journey started today. Now back to the show. Never happened. I don't know. But voice, like, my number was always best. No, I, I get the reference, but I'm just, you know. There are those people out there who do not like the usage of the word moist. It makes them cringe. Why? It's, it's not uncomfortable. Is that a sexual thing? No, it can't be. Is it just like they don't like the phonetics of it? They don't like the way it sounds moist. Yeah, it's like that ASMR. Moist. Yeah. Like it's so descriptive. Like I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. What are the, what, what? Oh, here you go. A room pulled it up. Thank you, job. Thank you. Thank you. That's a good job. Starting <laughs> off the show like, with energy. People hate the word moist because of how it sounds. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you, Google. Internet. Yeah. Thanks, Google. People hate the word moist because of its connotation to bodily fluids. What? Okay. People hate the word moist because they're socialized to believe the word is disgusting. I don't understand. I, that, none of that made me feel any better about my confusion. No, we're not going to watch the video. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to watch a YouTube video on why the word moist is shit. <laughs> What do you think? We should probably start the podcast. What do you yeah, think? Yeah. No, don't read any of those. I don't want to read any of those. That was nasty. All right. Well, now that we've had a little bit of trivia at the top of the, top of the show, <laughs> welcome back to the number one financial literacy podcast in the world. Mm. Sitting next to me, my man with the mmm. And the moist jumper is the one and only Said Omar, everybody. Oh, thank you, man. And my partner in crime and time. You left that out this time. Yeah, I just... Feeling a little, uh, little low on energy. A little low on it? I'm, I'm a little low drink on gas. I'm going to snort this. Drink up. You, you don't yet. have the purple rain today. Of all the people who should be sponsoring us, it's Monster. Yeah, uh, that or Red Bull. See? That's a monster. That but was a you, monster. And audibly, we can tell that it's a monster because we are such fans of the product. Absolutely. Chris Nahibi, everybody. That's me. How you doing? Yeah, how you doing? I'm moist. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where? All, all episode long. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Are you a baby powder guy? No, I'm not. You don't do the baby powder thing? I don't. Powder do. me. Like gold bond? You do? Yeah, yeah. Good for you, man. In the crotch goals area? Really? Yeah, gold bond. Good for you. Yeah, it keeps everything nice and clean. Drives yeah, you all the day. Absolutely, yeah. No, I use a different product. I use some of the Manscaped stuff. But what, what, what Manscaped product? When I, when, I, when I bought one of their products, uh -huh. it provided me with a bunch of like free gift stuff, and I use their stuff now. To in, keep everything nice in that, and clean. In the nether region? Yes. They have like a baby powder-like product? Not powder, but yeah. What is it? Is it like deodorant? Like a deodorant doesn't keep you dry, though. No, no, no. It keeps it dry. and keeps it clean. I'm very a confused. Spritzer. You want to show me? <laughs> yeah, right after the show. No, on the camera. You're fine. Yeah, right now. It's good. We can trust them. Yeah, well. <laughs> and, of course, the man behind the glass. The man, the myth, the legend. The guy who pops cans better than anybody you know. DJ Rune, everybody. Hi, everyone. How you guys doing? That's right. Welcome back to the show, everybody. How you doing, Odin? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Anytime we talk about baby powder, I just think of the movie How High. Oh, yeah. You baby remember that? Powder me. Powder me. <laughs> <laughs> a few, a few uh, shows ago, it was you, 
Saeed who commented that uh, Arun was a movie buff. Yeah, now he's citing the, the references. This, that he's is, not out, this yeah. is not good. This is not good for me. He's in that good position. Odun, you are much better than this. <laughs> I mean, you have not cited one movie that I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah. Come on, Great man. Film. Showcase your talent. Flex on him right now. Go. You got nothing? Nothing. Oh no! Wow. For, some, for some reason, his mic over there hums, man. He's, he's a he's a he's big got a hummer of a mic. He's a big Bollywood guy too. Yeah, that makes it worse. Some of these Bollywood action movies are just pure old school, comedy. though. Old school, though. Not the, not the new like stuff. Like the rom com stuff. Oh, yeah. All the rom com stuff. I just stuff. watched the new one that came out. Um, my wife That's... and I, the other night, were just like, wow. We had nothing else to do. The kids were asleep. We're like, let's oh, watch our. Oh, my God. The buzzing is really bad. Yeah, it is bad. It's, it's, you're, you're buzzing a little bit. I'll probably clean it up and post. So if nobody hears it, maybe he's just, he's on drugs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You had nothing else better. I know Mursal hasn't seen a lot of movies, so you opted for Bollywood, huh? So you guys, the kids are going to go to sleep, and you guys are like, you know what? We should watch a Bollywood flick. Why do you have to bob your head like that? I <laughs> because he I was bobbed his it. head, but he didn't do the accent. He was dying to do it's the accent. Hey, it's I don't cultural. Know what you're referring to it's cultural. I have not taken enough Bollywood films clearly because I don't know what you're referencing with the head bob thing. But lots of cultures do it, including lots, mine. Yeah, mine does too. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. It crept in there a little bit. Podcast listeners, if you listen to this on Apple or Spotify, please go over and leave us an honest five-star review. Or if you're watching us over on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, that like button, ring that notification bell, do all the goody good stuff. And while you're there, you might happen to notice that we've had a little bit of a brand refresh in recent days. Well, some would call it very sexy. We, uh, we took what was, you know, sleek and schvelt and put it on a diet. And it came back jacked. <laughs> came back, yeah, exactly. You're going like, is that the same guy I knew what? in high school? Yeah, so they got sponsored by Transcend, and the page got sexier. I know, I know. Imagine what would happen if you clicked on the link. Oh, my God. TranscendCompany.com slash DHSP. Yeah, you're so good at that. I am, yeah. I you got some practice. And if those of you are listening to the show going like, wow, like they're airing it now in a pre-roll, and it's before the show, but it also doesn't interrupt the show, let us know how you feel about it. Uh, I think a lot of people did not like the mid-roll. Mm -hmm. So if you like the pre-roll better, and you think that's a better... Uh, I don't know, more cohesive way of, of doing it. Let us know. Yeah. And I got a lot of feedback, too, on the, the merch that we had posted on the stories. Yeah? What'd you get? A lot of people liked it. Well, I, I got, do have a, I I do have no a surprise. Hate. I got uh, no hate. I haven't told you about the surprise yet. Your sister was actually a big fan of the merch, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is another artist that I'm working with that I'd sent you the, her, her work. Mm -hmm. I reached out to her, uh, actually one of the fans of the show. His sister. See, this is what we got to start doing, man. We have enough listeners where we should be reaching out to the listener base first. Yeah, I don't inherently think that way, though. Like, I don't think like, oh, I'm somebody important. I can just talk to my base. Yeah, no, like, but it's about, it's about, it's about, as the kids like to say, putting people on. Anyway, so Hannah, who we're working with, is going to hopefully uh, do a, a sweater. But her stuff is very artistic, very cool, mm -hmm. appeals to a different crowd. But mm -hmm. I thought we'd give it a run. This will be like our All Saints line, a little higher end. Yeah, maybe, yeah. We'll have the, the quotes line, mm -hmm. then we'll have the All Saints line. Hey, I like it. Except ours will be all hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other one. side. There's only one place. Well, uh, this was an interesting week. Uh, unlike most weeks that are filled with tons of data, and we talked to you about uh, this stuff at nauseum. This week had a lot of shit talking by a lot of people that wasn't us. I know. I know. It's it's uh, very confusing. It's almost like they're jealous. Yeah, it's like, you know what? These guys are doing so well in the space, talking some shit. Maybe I should say, close the fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's one of my favorite things of the day, man. I was listening to it on my headphones at home, and I just burst into laughter. Yeah. Howell comes running over. What's so funny? I make her listen to it because, you know, he drops the F-bomb. Yeah. And the uh, the kids are like, what's so funny? And Howell's like, don't tell him that that made you laugh. Stop it. <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to try to make you laugh. You're going to hear it all day long. So that's a little something we like to call in the business a teaser. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned to the rest of the show to hear about what we're talking about specifically. Mm-hmm. The Federal Reserve won't hesitate to raise rates again if necessary, according to the one and only Jerome Powell, a.k.a. Thug Life. Yeah. That's his new name. Has to be. Thug Life, JP. From the hood. Yeah. I bet you he's got Thug Life tattooed over his ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah, a stomach, not though. A stomach. Yeah, because exactly. you can see that too easy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know what's ironic that we never talk about? A good tattoo placement can look really good. Yeah. A bad tattoo placement can look really bad. Oh, like like under your eye? If you put it in the wrong place, man, a very good tattoo can look really wrong. Like what's a what's a bad placement? Okay, so let's say uh, you're a dude and you want to get a tattoo. Okay. There are certain places, as cool as a tattoo might be, you probably shouldn't put it. Like if I see a dude in the gym with a lower back tattoo. Game over. There's questions. There's a lot, there's a lot of questions. Yeah. I, I don't know about that one, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm not a fan of the thigh tattoo, which is becoming really popular. Very popular. Like Very you need, popular right now. You need other tattoos before you transition over to the thigh tattoo. Yeah, and you, I mean, are you are you going to be constantly wearing stuff where that's visible? Right. You know? Who's seeing and, that? And then, like, what is it pointing to? Yeah. If there's a sharp side of your tattoo, whether yeah. it's pointing something or not, right. people are going to wonder. Exactly. You know? Like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> and then, are you trying to make me look there? Right. Am I the bad person? Right. I mean, that's that's got to be signifying a lot. Right? Because the, the person that has access to being able to see that all the time, what does it mean? Yeah, I, I don't get it. Right. Yeah. Not for me. I'm also not a big fan of, like, the tattoos that are meant for you that are clearly positioned in a way that nobody else can read it, but you can read it. Oh, okay. I got a tattoo for me, dog. It's not for you. Yeah, but it's, I making, like those. it's throwing I my life like those. off. I like those. Like, Casey has them. Casey has a couple that I like. Like what? He, the do more, and you put it in the mirror. It's, like, written backwards, but he looks at himself in the mirror, and it says do more. It looks pretty cool. Okay, well, that looks weird to everybody, but it works in the mirror. I, I get that. Yeah, and it also works for him because he's kind of quirky. Okay. Again, it's perspective. Listen, he, I'm a fanboy. What do you want from me? I you like Casey. You are a fanboy. For Casey. Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious. Well, uh, spoiler alert, one of the articles we're going to talk about today, uh, simple title, simple subject, but exactly what we've been talking about. Right now is a bad time to spend money. Newsflash. Facts. No cap. <laughs> All bars. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get in the chart of the day. Inflation will hit the Fed's 2% target by April, allegedly, and keep falling. One analyst says, from uh, his lips to God's ears, I believe that's the pro- proper saying. Please, God. Please. Please. I mean, Baby Jesus. I want to I want to believe in these myths, If too. you're out there, we love you so much. <laughs> I did a head nod when we said that, just, just for the record. I don't do that because you associate with a race or ethnicity. Who? I Me? do it because it... it Fluffs the mullet in different directions Hold when on, I me? do it. You did a head bob, not a head nod. What is the difference between a head bob and a head nod, Arun? Head nod is back and forth. Head bob is side to side. So if you say oh. bobbing a knob, you're going side to side? I stand No, a nod, corrected. No, a nod is one motion. Bob is multiple back and forth. You can't bob one way. You got to bob back and forth. A nod is just one simple action. So now I'm not allowed to bob because one ethnicity owns bobbing? No one said they own it. That's just a stereotype that you put on them. 
I made no, I did not say anything about anyone's stereotype. <laughs> it's you guys who saw me do something and just assumed it. I think they're okay with it. That makes you guys the racist. I think they're okay with it. I mean, it's not derogatory. It's not derogatory. Not at all. Could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Like the way we ended the last episode. Which one? 192. Oh. You usually remember the end of it? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I left it all in, baby. You did? Oh, yeah. There were show notes from Maroon saying, right. delete this at this point in time. And I'm like, nope. Yeah. If, yeah. If you cut off early on that one, do yourself a favor and go back. Check yeah. it out. 192 is there for you. We'll be there for yeah. you. Anyway. Uh, never mind the 1%. Many millionaires are where the wealth is growing fastest. That article is interesting. I mm-hmm. uh, did not expect that to, to happen. But when I went over the numbers, it made a lot of sense. So uh, good perspective to have, given particularly where you can potentially grow your worth. Beloved fitness brand may have very bad news for customers. This article made my day and hilarious. Yep. And it is uh, an economy-based podcast, so we're going to talk about money there. Big banks could cook up a new way to unload risk, and I'm going to break down a whole lot of things from the Great Recession and give you a a nice little uh, frown to turn upside down Mm -hmm. at the end of that one. Fed's Goolsby says, golden path of a huge drop in inflation without a recession is still possible. And I would say his name's Goolsby, so grain of salt. <laughs> Powell said uh, that Fed can be well, needs to be careful; it won't hesitate to hike if needed. That's the yeah. same article that I posted. That, what the fuck, bro? That, 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 you jacking my shit? Oh, dude, should be able to tell that it's the same article, bro. Wow, <laughs> you guys setting me up over here. This my guy, will, this guy will read anything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna get into all that stuff this week. So a lot of this is opinion based, kind of like we we touched on at the top. But um, I think the way we lay this out, except for the whole repetitive article thing, will be uh, very interesting because it's going to give you two perspectives. There is clearly a very vocal chorus of people who think that we are on the right path and may avoid a recession. And we have some data showcasing that as of late. We do. There are another series of uh, chorus of people who say that a recession is unavoidable and we've got a long, hard road ahead of us. Uh, and this higher for longer rhetoric is real mm-hmm. and that likely will lead to a recession. And the reason why they say that is we've in the history of, of the economy, right? We've never brought inflation down from this high of a peak level without having to cause a recession. Yeah. So the overwhelming probability based on everything we've experienced historically to now from the great depression to the dot com boom, to the great recession, to where we are today, typically and more often than not, and I'm talking like 80 to 90% of the cases, you get a recessionary economy. Yeah. So this from Forbes, article Federal Reserve won't hesitate to raise rates again if necessary, Powell says. So some key facts from the article I thought was worthwhile to share. The Fed is, quote, not confident, end quote. Its current policy is sufficiently restrictive. What does that mean? It means that they've done all the things they can to restrict the growth and push back inflation into normalized range of 2 to 3%. So they're suggesting that they may need to do more. And the key way they do that is by raising rates again. So they're basically saying, we might need to raise rates more than where we are today. Don't think just because we paused, we're done. Right. So to bring down the annual inflation to the 2%, that target range, long-term target, Powell said in prepared remarks at an International Monetary Fund panel. Powell's been doing a lot of talking lately. Doing a lot of talking because he's been hearing some of the talking heads out there going against what he's trying to, you know, what message he's been trying to get out. See, but this bothers me because Powell's messaging can move the markets. Everybody hangs on what he has to say. And it did move the markets. Did you see what happened today? Yep. Big pivots. Big pivots. Today was actually supposed to be the first time in nine 
15 years that the S&P would have been positive for nine straight days. And after after his little speech. Fuck that all up. Fuck, yeah, yeah. Fuck ruined the party. He walked in and said, hey, whose money is this? <laughs> I'm going to take that shit. Yeah, it's mine now. Yeah, you thought, hey, you thought you were going to have a good day. You think this is your market? Yeah. It ain't free. Exactly. JP owns it, baby. <laughs> Palace had the bank. I love it when he refers to himself as the bank. <laughs> Will not hesitate to raise the federal funds rate again. Adding further progress in slowing price stability is not assured. Mm-hmm. So he's basically saying, hey, 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 stop being so goddamn optimistic, okay? We can still raise rates if we need to. We got to see what the data is going to say to us in the next couple of months. Right, because he knows that the, all the talking heads out there as of late have been saying that we're pretty sure that the Fed is done raising rates. They're going to continue to hold it here. And you got to remember, if if consumers out there begin to actually believe that rhetoric, then that could be very dangerous for them because we talked about it before on the show. There's three phases to this whole Fed raising interest rate cycle, right? There's the raising of the rates, there's the pause where they hold the rates, and then there's eventually the cut. Mm, the sexy part of the rates. Right? That's the best part of the rates, yeah. right? When they start to cut, like when you cut weight, right? Right now, this is the bulking phase. No one likes the bulking phase. You know, back in the day, the word cut used, used to be reference to sex. I did not know that. Yeah. I feel like you're making that up. Yeah, get all up in the cut. Yeah. Get up. Get up all. Was, I think, they're, I think you're thinking all up in the guts. No, it was cut. Really? Yeah, it was a thing. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm older than you, son. <laughs> barely. <laughs> Yeah, it's convenient for when it's, I'm barely in some circumstances, but very in other yeah. circumstances. But so he he understands that if people start to buy into this rhetoric where they're done, well, he needs to make sure that he still comes out over the top and says that, no, 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 no. Just because we decided to pause and we're no longer on this predetermined path where you can basically predict that we're going to raise 25 basis points and now we're going to pause and then raise and then pause. He wants to make sure that everyone knows like, even though we've priced in another 25 basis points by the end of the year, and let's say we don't, I might still raise it again early next year. Yeah. So he's trying to, you know, still be a little pessimistic out there. So, because at the end of the day, behavior influences everything here. Well, and he's hearing the same articles that, that we're hearing, and he's seeing the same things that we're seeing. And there's a lot of polarity. Some mm-hmm. people are like doom and gloom. Some people are like, this is amazing. You know, we're going to be cutting next year. And right now, I think the consensus by a lot of larger banks, there'll be three rate cuts next year. Three. Uh, hopefully. So, I mean. But uh, they'll be incremental, right? 25 basis points at best. But he's trying to beat the optimism out of the, out of, out of the market. Well, his, I don't know if they're boys or not, but Mohamed El Rain was out yesterday. Just mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. Saying that the Fed's probably done. Okay. This is a guy that's viewed as, like, he knows what he's talking about. And he's not exactly what I would call rosy and optimistic. This guy's negative. He's, yeah, he's, he's viewed as a, as a pretty negative guy. And the reason why he said that the Fed is probably done, shocker, he listens to the higher standard. Yeah. He said that, you know, bond, the bond market, the treasury market, all that, they're going to do the remainder of the work for the Fed. If y'all take nothing else from the show, hear me when I say this. The bond market is all sorts of fucked up right now, okay? <laughs> That's a technical term, fucked up. It's fucked up. Yeah. Okay. And you got these fluctuations that are wide, pushing mortgage rates up and down. In some cases, 50 basis points or half a percentage point in a single week. That level of inconsistency and price stability is wild. So the market's confused. And the bond market, until it stabilizes and comes out of a yield curve, is going to be a problem for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. That's a real right there, kids. I got you. Thank you. I got you. Yeah, Time yeah. stamp that for yeah. me, please. <laughs> it's 1904, bitch. Yeah. yeah. 
Going on from Forbes, equity markets priced in Powell's commentary as hawkish, meaning that he thought that uh, aggressive or that additional restraint would be necessary in the economy, and this could be bad for a prosperous market. So what happens? The S&P fell about 0.4% after the publication of his speech, which Said alluded to earlier, falling to a 0.8% loss on the day, killing the nine-day winning streak for the market, while the 10-year U.S. bond yields spiked. 13 points Thursday as traders priced in higher likelihood of tightening from the Fed. Right. So remember what we, what we talked about here. So these bonds in these treasury markets, right? There are three-month treasuries that you could get all the way up you know, to 30-year, right? The fact that if treasury yields are higher on the longer term, it'll do the work for the Fed on the short term, right? That That's ultimately what needs to happen. In order for the Fed to realize, okay, we can we can take our foot off the off the brakes and let this take us across the finish line. But isn't this bullshit though? Isn't it bullshit that he has that much power he can wield in a speech, that he can influence the market so quickly? It might be bullshit, but it's what's what's not bullshit is that he recognizes it. Yeah, but that 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 okay, he's human, all right. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the biggest stage and the biggest spotlight he's ever had. And will likely ever have. Okay. Wouldn't surprise me if he wrote a book like a lot of his predecessors did after he gets out of office and goes on these tours and these junkets and starts talking about all this stuff. But the fact of the matter is, he's always, he and the rest of the FOMC have always held themselves out as proud to be the most vocal FOMC, the most communicative FOMC. But you're moving markets, man. Yeah. I think you should let the policy speak for yourself. Like The fact that you're saying this stuff. Yeah. It's you can't change people's behavior with your way you say things. It's I, only going to scare them temporarily. So let me give you a great example. We're all parents. I was actually going to go this route. I'm glad you're going here. Yeah. If you tell your kid, I'm going to punish you, I'm going to punish you, I'm going to punish you. Mm -hmm. At some point, they're like, fuck you, dare you. Go oh, ahead. Okay. I'll, I'll, but look at it from a different way. I get that point. Mm -hmm. Eventually, they're going to they're gonna stop believing in it. But let's just say your kids are a little bit older, right? Because we're talking about adults here. So let's, let's say your kids are a little bit older. The average consumer is not an adult mentally. Okay, fine. Fair enough. But your kid's receiving an allowance every month. And we're starting to say, like, hey, man, my paycheck's getting a little tight. Uh-huh. Next month, I'm going to have to lower uh, your allowance. And then the month after that, hey, buddy, I'm going to have to lower it again. So things get a little tight. I don't know what I'm going to do next month. I might have to stop your allowance altogether. I would hope my kid eventually decides to listen and be like, I better stop spending this allowance. But here's the difference between most consumers in, in this, this analogy, okay? Your kid recognizes that you are the one that controls the paycheck, right? The problem is most Americans do not have a fundamental understanding of what Jerome Powell does. Right. They don't understand the FOMC. They think that politics influence monetary policy, and there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there, the tinfoil hats on, who absolutely believe it's the case, despite the fact that they're supposed to be independent. True. And then on top of all that, they've got a job. And they don't see the connection between their employer and all this. Mm -hmm. They just say, hey, you know, inflation was 9.1% last year and you gave me a 3% salary increase. A lot, a lot of people just trust the system to do, you know, do right by them. And if Milton Friedman were in charge, that volatility would lead to bigger strain and bigger pressures on people, but would balance out over time. Yeah. It, it worked. It may have worked better back then. I don't necessarily know if something like that would work now. Hmm. You never know. Yeah. We'll never find out. We'll never find out. I guess we'll never know. He was a gangster, though. He was a gangster.
Well, next from Forbes, you know, my favorite and most reliable source on the internet mm -hmm. because anybody can buy anything from them. Arun, you just moved the whole thing. No, no, that's, that's the one, that's the one we just read. You, you want to get, I know, I know. Okay. Uh, well, now you guys threw me off. God damn it. I was going to do the whole, okay. You know what? Let's what? just get into the audio. <laughs> do, play the audio. So, uh, your boy, Jerome Powell, uh, was having a little bit of climate change protesters pop up, uh, during his speech today. And, uh, they were a little vocal in the background. They weren't happy. They weren't happy. And, uh, I would say the look from, this is what I was going with before mm. that Jerome Powell has in this Forbes article. Uh, he's looking up next to the American flag and looks frustrated. I think I know what he was frustrated about. Hey, let me tell you right now, man. This made me like him that much more. I, everybody thought it was AI. Yeah. This is not AI. Th yeah, this is real. This is real. So, Rune, when you're ready. GDP growth in the third quarter was quite strong, but like most forecasters, we expect growth, growth to moderate in coming quarters. Of course... Yeah. Like okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. Just close the fucking door. Close the door. Just close the fucking door. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've been trying to tell people for the greater portion of two years, this man was a fucking gangster. He was a gangster. Some of the shit that he does behind closed doors, you know he's walking in with a chalice. Hey, if he's talking to that protester like that in a public setting, how do you feel like he's talking to Neil Kashkari? I'm telling you, he's like, listen, bitch. <laughs> I told, what'd I say? Give my donut. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. That, that was the part that everyone missed. That was the best. Nobody got that part. I got that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> I hear your poverty, and I raise you a thank you. Yeah, I hear your poverty. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> so and, good. And the worst part about it was, is he acting so pissed off? You Have have you seen some of the shit this climate change people I, have done? I want this to They're be like, playing in the studio. All, the, all Every time we get into the studio, we have to oh, close up. Oh, we need a remix. Thank you. Yeah. Close the fucking door. Thank you. <laughs> it was like a trap house remix or something like that. You know what I mean? He's human. Thank God he's human. Oh, he's not only human. I'm telling you, the shit that he's doing, like this Jedi mind fuck games that he's playing, right. shit's on purpose, bro. 100%. That's the guy you're dealing with. That's the guy behind. I'm telling you. Mafioso. JP from the hood. It's real. <laughs> Wall Street Bets commented, Jay Powell is a legend for this one. Yeah, everybody knew. <laughs> <laughs> like the one below it. They tried to stop his printer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can really hear the volatility in his voice. <laughs> This comment section is so good. <laughs> the comment sections are always the best, dude. My $190,000 salary isn't enough to deal with this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. This one. I love it. <laughs> Just one more, Ron. Give me one more. <laughs> yeah, this is so good. Stop right there. Let's go. I caught it live. He must feel pretty comfy with that club that he was speaking at with, t with today to throw that out there. No, that's no, terrible. No, that's a terrible one. I, oh, that was a good one. I hate Gen Z. This man is literally saving the U.S. economy from collapsing. Facts. <laughs> no cap. Bull market confirmed. <laughs> J, J Powell's printer run on 100% renewable energy. Get educated. <laughs> My guy had puts today. <laughs> I 
<laughs> That's probably the most true statement ever. Nancy Pelosi's like, yes! Yeah, seriously. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. <laughs> uh, okay, well. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Wall Street Journal. Right now is a bad time to spend money. You don't say. Right. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if, if it took you this long to figure it out. And that's the sad part, right? That some people get so caught up in their with their day-to-day and living a certain lifestyle, it's it's too hard for them to to go back. It's no, it's not even that. It's just you 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 ignore all the change around you and you just try to keep the status quo, man. Yeah. I get that. You know, it's it's easy to do that. It's easy to do that, but I mean, you got to really look at your financial position and be very mindful. I get that everybody, you know, with the holidays around the corner, you know, it's it's hard to have to pull back and not spend. I know you do. I think last year you did a good you did a good job. Where you're like, listen, I want everyone to understand. You came out early. You're like, don't buy me gifts. I ain't gonna buy you no gifts. No, yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of shit for that though. And it's not easy. See, it's like a lot of people don't understand. My siblings, bro. They they. So what we told the siblings was, look, like come over. We'll spend time together. I want time. Mm-hmm. Have a nice meal, like you know, break bread. We'll have some drinks. Right. Don't buy us gifts though. Buy our son gifts. Right. Right. Like if you want to buy us gifts, buy him gifts. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we'll do something. We'll do gift cards, something small for everybody else. Oh, God, you're just killing the holiday spirit. Since when there's a holiday spirit about buying you some shit? Right. Because I I used to buy nice stuff. I used to buy like high end. Go, like, go, go all out. Yeah, yeah. I right. go over the top. You know, and then now I'm at the point where this year I'm, I'm probably gonna, I guarantee I'm do the same thing. Everybody would get like a small token, like fifty dollar gift at most, and then, and I used to do something. I used to go be over extreme before, but, and then I'll just say, look, you know, it's this, it's the holidays. I don't want you guys to have pressure to buy me anything at all, frankly. Right. And then if you know, we'll go from there. Like I, I don't, I really don't like the forced pressure on gifts for not even for like just the holidays, birthdays too. Like I feel like birthdays for me, like if you want the best gift you can give me, like spend time with me. Let's go get let's go get a meal. That's that's my favorite, right? That or honestly, for people that if I get it, as you get older, first of all, it gets kind of weird. Like, why are we celebrating my birthday? Come on, I'm almost yeah. 37, 38 years old. What are we doing here, right? Fuck you. Yeah. Don't do that to me. Thirty. Almost so, 37, 38 years old. Yeah, yeah. Son of a bitch. Right, but just a phone call would suffice. More than enough. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't care about that even. Yeah, yeah. you don't. You're really against people calling. You're like, just text me, bro. I, I will go out of my way not to answer your phone call on my birthday. <laughs> Nope. Mm-mm. This day did not happen. Yeah. I just don't like it. I don't like being, I don't like being the center of attention. You got to have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you realize how that was going to backfire quick. Odin, yeah. what about you? Do you like celebrating birthdays? I love birthdays. Your own birthday, though. I love other people's birthdays. You're the kind of guy who bakes yourself your own cake, huh? Yeah. I'm the type that's like, everyone come over, food on me. Let's just all celebrate and hang out together and drink. For your birthday, though? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. No, no, that's not me. I'm total opposite. Despite me being not socially awkward and trying to be, you know, engaging with people. Yeah. It's a practice apathy, man. This is not how I normally am. This if I had it my way, I'd be watching Netflix all day I long. I just had home. an epiphany. That's Odin's favorite way to celebrate his birthday, and I've never gotten one of those texts. Wow. Who, who are you calling to invite over to have food and have drinks? Not you, my friend. <laughs> not me. <laughs> you don't like the Bollywood films, bro. What do you want? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You got to watch. You got to sit down and watch Bollywood. Yeah. You know, you need SRK. Shout what? out to yeah, exactly. You don't know, you don't know. If you know, you know. Did you throw a gang sign at me? No, SRK, baby. Boy, West Side. The listen, <laughs> the listeners out there know what's up. No, they don't. 
Nobody knows. Somebody does. Like a Pakistani thing? Pakistani thing? No, it's a Bollywood thing. What does SRK mean? The greatest Bollywood actor of all time. He's known by his initials? Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Shah Rukh Khan. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Great hair. The best hair. Yeah. This guy, stud. Well, not only is he a stud, you should see his physique. You know he's got a kid, right? Does he? Yeah. He's a pretty big deal. His kid's, like, really into sneakers, too. I read, I had, there was, like, a whole, like, Netflix documentary on, like, his kid or something. If, I think, if I'm thinking the same guy, the right guy, I think. Mm. What the fuck is that? Look at that. He's 61 in this. Yeah. 61? Yeah. And that's that's the way he looks? All natty. That is not all natty, bro. Get the fuck out of here. That 61? God, man, if I look like that at 61, I did something right. Right. That guy on the right, what's that guy's name, Odu, next to Shah Rukh Khan? Salman Khan. Salman Khan, this guy, he he actually started working out with the Athlean X guy. Why are they all named Khan? It's a very common last name. And why aren't you saying Khan? Khan. That's a, it's a, You say Khan. That's... It's K H A N. A B, come on. You're not Indian. You, you'd be a little bit more culturally sound, bro. I am culturally sound. I don't think so. It's not can. Okay, listen. It's can. <laughs> it's salmon can. It's salmon can. That's his name, salmon can. If that was my name, I'd probably ask people to call me Salman Khan, too. Yeah. <laughs> I did the head nod again. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you can't help yourself. No, I can't. I can't not do it. All right, Arun, stop getting off on the goddamn like Indian photos. Let's move on to the show, please. Jesus Christ. This guy, I'll just get excited. He's going down the rabbit hole. Where, yeah. you, where are your hands? Yeah. <laughs> he's trying, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to chart in a new country. That's what he's trying to do. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> Higher standard podcast, not number one in India. Yeah, exactly. Actually, we've charted in India before. We have. Yeah, charted in India. And then I think there's a separate one. Yeah, whatever. Well, since the Fed Reserve. Raise interest rates in a two-decade, two a two-decade high. Any dollar spent today is a lost opportunity to earn as much as five percent or more in savings account, certificate of deposit, and bonds. Mm. High rates also make it significantly more expensive for people to spend money they do not have. Yep. With the annual interest rate on some credit cards pushing a pimp slap number of thirty percent. That's unreal. 30% interest. I think the lowest right now is somewhere around 21%. That's like mafia juice. That is a wild number. And you know, the problem is the type of people that are pushing that 30% interest rate are those that have not been managing their debts very well. So they're carrying large sums of balances, only digging a deeper, deeper hole. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, forget all that like politically correct bullshit. Forget all like that, hey, I want to you know, honor the spirit of the holiday. Here's what I'm gonna tell everybody: Put your ego aside, man. Do what I do. Like, it's not you're not being cheap. You're being smart. There's no reason to go into debt to buy other people's shit they don't need. Right. They can buy their own shit they don't need. Exactly. And there's no reason to be over the top or anything like that. Just look, be smart with your money during the holidays. Don't go insane. Have some nice meals. Spend some time with people you love. But don't go out there buying crazy shit for no reason. It ain't worth it. It's def- definitely not worth it. And what's crazy is that. You know, some of these bonds are now offering like five percent. I know there's some savings accounts out there that offer that, but that's oh, not, over five percent. Yeah, over five yeah, percent. Easy, that's, but that's not going to be that's not going to be there forever, right? With the, with a savings account, but you could lock this in at five percent, which is crazy because the S and P five hundred on average will return you eight and a half percent adjusted for inflation. Yeah. So with bonds reaching five percent, you you got to now you're starting to question yourself like, 
is it really worth the extra 3.5% to risk it to go in the S&P, or should I just invest in this bond? Just a couple of years ago, the best interest rate you can get on a savings account was 0.25%. Yeah. 0.25%. That you, wasn't... Were like, you were like, damn, I'm getting paid. Exactly. But nobody really cared. And then, and then you know, raise rates 25 basis points more is 0.5%, and people were like, eh, whatever. Then it was like, oh, wait a minute, 75 basis points at the top of that. Then it was like 1.25%. People were like, oh, that's good. That's cool. Right. But it wasn't enough to move money. Now that it's 5%, everyone's like, I'm moving my money over to that bank. They give me 5%. I 100%. Want that. And yeah, they're they're constantly searching for whatever. If they can get another 25 basis points somewhere else, they'll mm -hmm. pull their money out and go right over there. But now now I'm seeing a trend. Now now this is one of those like real world tactical, tactile, not tactical. I think it will go to war with you already. Yeah. Uh, tactile experiences that you see in, in the banking business is now large depositors that are moving money around, they're mm -hmm. trying to lock in the rate. They want to, oh, can I get a 5.25% fixed rate for two years? Not in a CD, in a, in a normal like high-yield savings in account. in a high-yield savings account or whatever account you want. They want to lock it in. And banks are actually offering that? Some will. I mean, if you're moving like 50, 100 million, they'll, they'll probably do something like that. Maybe not 5.25% for like two years, maybe like 5% mm -hmm. for two years. And why would a bank be willing to do that? They get to lock up the money there so they have liquidity on hand, right? You're guaranteed to keep your money there because you get you know, the interest rate return and mm -hmm. they get a nice healthy interest rate. But as the Fed cuts the Fed funds rate, mm -hmm. target rate, you should expect interest rates on deposits to go down. Yes. And uh, as that happens, they'll have an above market rate. Same reason why you want to lock in a low rate if you're getting a mortgage on your home when rates are low. Right. Because more, rates are going to go the other way. So you want to lock it in so you don't have that exposure to the upside risk. Right. And something else that I just thought about too is probably because the same reasons that caused the run on the banks earlier this year that caused several of them to go down. Fear. Yeah, fear, right? The contagion, right? But the quantitative tightening that was happening that was causing bond yields to go up, Yeah. right? That making banks have a bunch of unrealized losses on their balance sheet, right? That right there, that situation has only gotten worse since then. Oh, so significantly worse. Yeah. So what really caused the contagion or the fear has not gone away, which no. there shouldn't have been really any in the first place. But because that's still going on, I feel like banks are still very much aware, like, wait a minute, this could still turn on any, any given point in time. I can't stress enough how ridiculous the contagion period really was. It's, it's so sad and unfortunate. You have these banks... And I understand the criticism of the FDIC and the Fed and everybody else, uh, you know, of the banks. But the re the reality is, I don't think the regulators messed this up. I think the Fed took an unprecedented cadence, and for whatever reason they had to. And I think I think the mistake really wasn't the cadence that they took. We'll probably get a description of that years down the road. Mm -hmm. I think the mistake they took was they didn't raise rates two years earlier. We got this unprecedented pandemic, PPP stimulus, all these things that we got. And I think they just got so far behind the eight ball, they had to move. But the banking sector wasn't their concern. They figured, they figured you know what, banks can live through this. Mm -hmm. And what happens? Some asshole goes on social media and says, pull your money out of this, this bank. They call everybody in Y Combinator and say, hey, get your money out of Silicon Valley Bank. They're going to go under. Yeah. And they created this. In my mind, that's criminal. It should be. They created this hysteria. But... The whole time, I was scratching my head going, this can't possibly get worse. And I was wrong, because it did. Because every bank, including the Federal Reserve, is underwater on their assets. Right. But it only matters when you have to sell them. Mm -hmm. That's it. It yeah. only matters. Exactly. Wells Fargo, Chase, well, I mean, B of A, Citi, the, the globally systematic important banks, they all have this problem in multi-billion dollar levels. Yep. 
Exactly. But you turn a blind eye to it because you're like, oh, they're too big to fail. Yeah. Well, we've also, this is the probably one of the first times um, in history. I know, I mean, the internet was around during the Great Recession, but the way people communicate online now. I love it. Right? Yeah, I know we love it, but it's also, it's like the dual-edged sword. No, it's terrible. Because, you know, a message like that can spread like wildfire. You know what I mean? And And depending on, people have put so much trust in influencers these days. Because they feel like they know them. Oh my God, this is a sensitive topic for me, man. Is it? I, I this is like. All right, I'm gonna do this. Okay. What pisses me off to no end every fucking time is we just got over this hump of people starting to doubt traditional media. Now you're going okay, just because it's written in traditional media, you're like, doesn't mean it's true. People know that now. Yes. They're like, ah, fuck, it's in Forbes. They're full of shit. Right. Yeah, people know that, mm -hmm. so they discount that shit. Yet some asshole influencer, who's typically usually too young to have the experience, who claims to have experience in something but you can't validate at all. Right. And I'll throw out some names because I'm a dick and I like doing that. Chris Crone, all over social media, lives in Provo, Utah, completely full of shit, selling courses on everything, saying outlandish shit just to get attention. It's fucking pathetic, man. Mm -hmm. But people are like, they'll send around his shit and going, oh, he says he does this. I'm like, bro, he's talking about his, his his motivational like path and how he gets up in the morning and stuff like that. But he's one of many. Grant Cardone, half the stuff he says is so nonsensical. Mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey does the same shit. He'll give terrible advice to people. And there are these big names that have developed. And, you, and then you associate the fact that their big following makes them any more valid because a lot of people buy their bullshit. Right. Exactly. And you're just like, come on, man. And, then, and the worst part about it is, is then this stuff gets sent around and they're sent around and then other people will remix it and those remixes get sent around. And mm -hmm. now it's like somebody else validating it and sending it around and sending it out. And it's to the point now, my brother, who's been on the show, who's you know, younger, he'll send me all this shit. Like, and I just look at it going like, bro, this is so not true. Yeah. It's just not true. It couldn't be further from the truth, right? Um, I was watching a video earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday. Uh, Graham Stephan, Stephen, how you pronounce it? And I used to like Graham Stephan's. I, Stephens. I, yeah, I actually don't agree with a lot of what he says now. The stuff that where he's just you know citing facts because you know he's got researchers on his team and whatnot. Okay, fine. I look. I used to really like him. Yeah. For those of you who don't know him, he was a real estate agent in California. Who's he's he personally has sold over 130 million dollars as a real estate agent. Yeah, he did. He was working for the Oppenheim Group, I think, and then moved to. Became big in the YouTube space, mm -hmm. moved to Las Vegas where he currently resides. Right. And his channel blew up. His channel blew up. Now, listen, okay. He's got a massive following, okay? He was recently invited on, this is according to him, and he, and he broke it all down and he showcased it. He was recently invited on Fox News mm -hmm. to discuss the housing market. Why? Okay. And he, what he was saying is they were trying to get him to basically agree and side with the fact that this. The housing market is Wall Street's fault, okay? Institutional buyers, right? No. Yeah. It's like less than 1%. It's like 1%. And he wasn't playing that game. The data doesn't support that opinion, and, although the rhetoric is out there on social media. Right. And he he, he wasn't he actually wasn't playing that game. He was citing all the same stuff that we cite, you know? Mm -hmm. um, a big part of the reason why is because 90% of borrowers out there have interest rates of 6% or less. I think 6% of, of people with mortgages out there have uh, interest rates of 4% or less, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just it just doesn't make any sense for anybody to go out there and buy. And he actually cited like Wall Street only makes up one percent, yeah, one percent. Uh, so he wasn't really playing that shit. And then they just they recorded it. They it was supposed to come on later that night, and they just never aired it. Yeah, that's because right? that's because traditional media wants the narrative, right? But these influencers like 
can typically they can get bought. The amount of reach that that guy has, Graham, Graham can't. He, he's so he, so at the bank. Yeah, I wanted to connect with him to to try to do a small social media campaign. Okay, this is around the time crypto failed, and he wouldn't even talk to me. And I'm like, bro, we're not crypto based. Like, why? why? And he right. was like, I'm just not touching anything that's finance related. Right. But my my point is, you look at a guy like that or other influence. He's not the only one. There's other influencers out there that have such a such a reach. So many people tune in. It's 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 insane. They, he actually gets more viewership than most TV shows. Yeah, it's true. On a on a per you know YouTube clip. But why? Because some because these people can research stuff and look. I'll tell you this. I, I've looked at his stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Interesting take. I don't really disagree with a whole lot of what he says. But again, you've got a Muhammad Al Rain out there. Yes. Why the fuck isn't it that guy you're interviewing on on television? Yeah. Why and why are people buying? My issue is why are people buying? Whatever he says, more where's his credentials, right? You know what I mean. Like I would, I would trust Muhammad El Rain, you know. Noriel Rabini. Gang, gang, although Noriel, his, his accent would be too heavy, huh? No, not just his accent. They wouldn't let him do it from the hot tub. This guy, he's coming, he's coming out with his own token. Stop that! I sent it to you today. You didn't even comment back. I was so upset. I didn't see it. Well, we'll he's save coming it. out with his own token, like, will, like a crypto coin token. I was so upset. You're gonna break my fucking heart. Don't don't. I, I I literally I, I couldn't handle it. This is a fucked up joke, bro. I'm gonna walk out. I, I said, please tell me this is a joke. Odu, can you look this up for this, right this, now? This cannot be. If this is real, I'm gonna be so disappointed. Actually, uh, shout out to the listener that that sent this to me. Crypto critic Noriel Orbini is launching a token. No. What are you doing, Noriel? Enabled by the blockchain. You know what he's selling out. He's like, enough's enough. I need to make I need to make my dough. The economist known as Dr. Doom is the co-founder and chief economist behind Atlas Capital, which describes itself as a fintech company designing technologically driven solutions addressing macro, geopolitical, and climate risks. Yeah, he's Superman. I get it. The project <laughs> is enabled by AI, ML, climate technology, and blockchain. What the fuck is AI, ML, climate technology? What the fuck? He's just the, he's just the face behind it. It's like when it's it's got to be like when uh, Magic Johnson was the owner of the Dodgers, like. What are you doing, bro? At the Atlas Climate Token. The Atlas Climate Token is a stable coin that will be pegged to a portfolio of liquid real-world assets, climate-resilient REITs, strategic commodities, inflation hedge. God damn it, Noriel. Noriel, you're better than this. Son of a bitch. You know, I, it'll be integrated to integrate tangible record uh, safe haven. You know, traded on TradeFi and it DeFi makes, products. It makes, it makes sense. It makes sense why they, he didn't accept our invitation to come on the show. Rubini will give the full... Crypto journey in a single project from launching a stable coin to onboarding RWAs and even trying to launch an ET motherfucking F. Pouring out for the homies. <laughs> That's it. Game over. How every, much cocaine has he done recently? I mean, every, I can promise you I'll never sell out. Like this. This shit's so sad. This that's that's a sellout if I've ever seen one. So sad. Come on, man. How are you gonna be on stage? Bashing CZ. Bro, he went after CZ hard. CZ should be in jail. <laughs> Did a head bob there too. Why? No, I was trying to do the angry face. Oh. Is it jail. No. Okay, yeah, okay. Didn't come off that way? No, no. I think I'm just head bobbing all night long. Yeah, I think you're a bobber tonight. <sighs> Fuck, that was depressing. Ruined your night a little bit, huh? He was like a legend to me. It broke my heart a little. Who sent that to you? Uh, shout out to Harris. Harris sent it to me. Thank you, Harris. Yeah. You destroyed my dream, you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, according to Insider, chart of the day, inflation will hit the Fed's 2% target by April and keep falling, analysts say. 
Norie Arbini at the end. Says, yeah. I'm an economist. Norie mm-hmm. Arbini. Uh, I thought this article was interesting. It gave us a little chart, a little picture. It says, uh, you know, up, down. It's like every other chart. In economics. ING. ING economics, yeah. Trying to, trying, to, trying to rip off of chart of the day from CNBC. Yeah, they did try to rip oh, it off. What are you doing? This ain't, this ain't your shtick. Basically forecasting that, and again, forecast, it's theoretical. So I got a lot to read here because I think it's important. But uh, we had a bunch of articles before this talking about how Jerome Powell saying he might have to hold rates for longer, that he might have to increase rates again. Mm-hmm. Things aren't looking so good for spending. And then this, this rosy optimistic shit comes out from Insider. I would say it's insider. Grain of salt. A little bit of grain of salt. It's like Forbes saying we're authentic and real. Yeah. Are you though? It's, uh, what's that guy? O'Hearn that says he's natty? Yeah. Michael Hearn. Michael Hearn. Yeah. That fucking guy is so <laughs> pumped full of shit. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like him saying he's natty. I bet you if he, if you gave him like, uh, some kind of emergency blood transfusion. You took his blood and you gave him, you'd be jacked too like, immediately. <laughs> that, that's like, how much junk There's is so much that. like HRT rolling around through his veins. Unbelievable. Yeah. First, even after inflation, real average wealth was up 23% according to the Fed's survey of consumer finances. Conducted every three years. Second, while the level of median wealth was much lower than the average, it actually rose more than the average between 2019 and 2022. By 37%, adjusted for inflation to $193,000. That means wealth inequality actually narrowed. What? The inequality in wealth between what sounds like the lower and middle classes got closer together. Mm -hmm. Well, that's actually not quite a good thing, but more on that later on. Third, and perhaps the most noteworthy, there really are a lot of true millionaires. About 16 million American families, just over 12%, have wealth exceeding $1 million. And I just realized I'm reading the wrong article. Arun, <laughs> are you, did you skip ahead? That's, he didn't click that link. Yeah, you son of a bitch. He didn't see it. <laughs> He's laughing out there. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is good. This is getting better and better. Yeah. Let's go back to the same article, and then we'll come, we'll get back to this. Never mind the one one percent mini millionaires are where the wealth is growing fast. I'll get back to the optimistic rosy uh, article in a second because this one is interesting. Uh, third and perhaps the most noteworthy, there really are a lot of true millionaires. About sixty million American families, just over twelve percent, have wealth exceeding one million dollars, mm-hmm. up from nine point eight million families in two thousand nineteen. Nearly eight million families are multi millionaires. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Their wealth exceeds $2 million, up from $4.7 million. Right? So, sounds like everybody's growing. I mean, that's what they're trying to portray, at least. Who are these many millionaires? They generally earn between $150,000 and $250,000 a year. So, again, all these people who are talking about making, you know, half a million dollars a year, three quarters of a million dollars a year, mm-hmm. not the fastest growing wealth class. It's this class. Mm-hmm. And they're making one hundred fifty thousand to two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. And how are they becoming millionaires? Yeah, but that—that's still you know, upper tax bracket. Certainly, but you don't need to be making half a million, three quarters of a million dollars a year to become wealthy. And I got an example after this article to prove it. Oh, look at you! They wouldn't typically be considered rich, but upper middle class. This depends on some extent to where the families live, obviously. And the same house is worth more in some parts of the country, so it really depends on where you're at. Rather than being left behind, 
As all the gains in the economy accrue to billionaires, they have in fact seen bigger wealth gains over the past three years than the top 10% of families. Why? Well, simple thing, because their home prices have gone up 40-something percent in the last couple of years. Their balance sheets, exactly. Their net worth has increased almost 50%, whereas a billionaire, mm -hmm. they don't have that same level of increase year over year right. the way these people did because their net worths are so much more diversified. That's true. Ironically, diversification of your wealth and your assets can be a wonderful benefit when that asset class rises exponentially in an uncharacteristic way like real estate has the last three years. Mm -hmm. Or it could really, really hurt you when that asset class goes down if there's, for example, a real estate crash, which we're not saying there is going to be, but in theory, if they were. So because diversified, diversified multi-billionaires have money in real estate as one asset class, they've done well there, but they've got so much more money in other places like businesses, yes, like the markets. And they didn't see the gains that, obviously, real estate saw. Mm -hmm. And some of them buy and sell much more faster, much more fast than the average consumer. Yeah. So, yeah. 10% of families. Indeed, the biggest wealth gains were between 2019 and 2022, where among the approximate 13 million families in the 80th to 90th percentile of incomes distribution. Their median wealth jumped 69% from 2019, adjusted for inflation, to 730 Forty-seven thousand dollars in 2022. Over 90 percent of these families reported owning stocks, either directly or through retirement accounts, and 87 percent of their home own their home. So, a commonality of almost approximately 90 percent in both cases, 87 percent own their home. Yes. Okay. Big reason, and 90 percent of them have stock. Yep. So, if you don't own a home and you don't own stock, that's a good place to start. And if you can't afford to buy a home right now because homes are ridiculously unaffordable and arguably the most unaffordable they've been in history, go into the markets. Start yes, investing. That's And that was exactly the point that I wanted to get into. So I did a little bit of digging on this too. As of right now, now this is also sad, but you need, you need to know this to prevent this from happening to yourself. Don't keep pushing this off. 10% of retirees right now have a million dollars or more in their savings. Retirees. 10%. Uh, yeah, it's not a lot. Not a lot, right? 37% of retirees say they have no retirement savings. 37%. So they're just going to work like different there's, jobs? They're just going to continue to work or, or continue to hope on Social Security? Well, you're not a retiree then. Right. Right. Exactly. Right? And only, let's see, up from that's up from 30% in 2022. And only about 12% have at least the recommended $555,000. Now, I know this sounds like a lot, but you need to start early. The earlier you start the better it is for you and your family. They say compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. And I got an example here to prove it to you. We get on this show that home affordability and this the disparity between how much you make and how, what you can afford is at an all-time high. Okay? So here's an example of two people. All right? Two people in their, at the age of 20. If one person were to start investing $200 a month at the age of 20. Okay? And the next person starts at the age of 30, but they decide to invest $250 a month. But they started only 10 years later. You know what the difference is at the end of all this? A lot. A whole hell of a lot. Just because that original person, person number one, invested 10 years earlier, even though they're investing $50 less a month. The difference is person number two ends up with somewhere around $650,000 in their retirement account. Person number one, 1.15 million. We're talking almost double. 
the hardest part I think I've seen over and over again is that you wind up getting people who get financially desperate at some period in life. And if you think about the breadth, of, the arc of most people's lives, they live, they live at least through one recession. Yeah. And most people think that leverage is the way. It's very easy to get over leverage, but recessions usually have this impact and they kind of wipe out all this wealth, whether it's in the stock market or the real estate market or both. And a lot of people will tap into those funds and pull them out and stop that compound interest pretty dramatically. Yeah. And the toll, I mean, you might need the money then, and I get it. But the toll that takes on you financially, not only you're paying the taxes and the issues there to get access to your money, but you're wiping out, I mean, a, a huge amount of upside potential. A lot of upside potential. You're right. And this is something that you could start early. It doesn't have to be even $200 a month. If we're talking about people we cited recently on the show, I think Odun fact-checked me and you went up to 65% of people are now living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. Right? So I get it. It's a lot. If you can only do $50 a month, okay? Or if you can start off with just build your emergency savings account so that when you do get back into the market, you won't have to tap into the funds that you're investing. Right? Just be proactive about it all and try to focus on your budget and what you can put aside and don't go crazy for holiday shopping. If your family loves you, they'll love you. They'll this understand. This recurring message this episode. Yeah. yeah. And your boys at the higher standard love you. We do. And you don't have to buy us anything special for Christmas, but if you did want to buy something special, we have merch coming your way. Oh. We'll make it affordable. Kind of. Yeah. But if you leave us... You know, a really good re uh, review, yeah. or maybe send the best question. Maybe we'll just send some merch your way. Once it's made, it's not made yet. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not it. made yet, but we, yeah, get some practice in. Yeah, get some reps. Yeah. Or go to transcend.com slash THSP. Mm -hmm. Click the link, see what it does for you. You never know. I know exactly what it'll do for them. It'll take them to a page where they can fill out their information, and then somebody from Transcend will call them. Call them, and just, they just want to talk to you for a little bit. Get some blood work done. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know your metrics. That's for you. Gotta know. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. That should be on the merch. Uh, well, Arun, um, I don't really trust anything you put in front of me at this point in time because uh, I've fucked up twice tonight. So, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the inflation from Business Insider. So, yet, Business Insider, despite all this, and now you got the article about the wealth is risen in, in, the, in these classes and people have made a lot. Sure, they might be living paycheck to paycheck, but they certainly had their net worths increased. Most of that equity is obviously in homes. But what is, that doesn't mean anything, right? It doesn't. But when you take that in the context of now you got people like saying like this, the Business Insider, you know, and ING saying that the Fed's 2% target will hit there by April and it'll keep falling, it'll go lower. You got several sources citing up to three interest rate cuts in 2024. There is a pretty polar perspective. Yet Jerome Powell, the person who's really in charge of all this, is probably at the most negative outlook, including what he did to influence the markets today. But this is why. Mm -hmm. Articles like this from the media that you shouldn't be trusting. Right. They're coming out trying to appeal to you. So let me explain why this appeals to you. Saeed feels down about the overall economy. He's had a rough day at work. Saeed's sad. Saeed doesn't want to watch an Indian flick. He just wants to decompress a little bit. So what does he do? He gets in on his phone. Gets on his phone, starts perusing, browsing, if you will. And finds his way over to the news app. Scrolls through. And he wants to find an article. It makes him feel warm and fuzzy. But he doesn't know that consciously. He just knows that he's had a long day. 
So subconsciously, he sees a headline. Need In some, bold. Need some optimism. Chart of the day. Sounds official. Yeah. It's a chart. It's a chart. Of Up. the day. Exactly. Said, Said's curiosity perks up. He head bobs a little. There you go. Says inflation will hit the Fed's 2% target by April and keep falling. Analysts say it's optimistic. It's a counterintuitive perspective. And psychologically, we want to read this shit. And you do read it. And you put it in the show notes. And we get on the air. And we talk to people. We bash the shit out of it. We trash the fuck out of it. <laughs> it's fucking guy. ING. Yeah. This is why you're not chart of the day. Yeah. Well, and then the other article that we cited about net worth, it's true. All, all accurate data. Mm-hmm. These things have grown. But it completely ignores that we are on the looming edge of what could be a very difficult time. And it ignores what the Fed secretary has been telling people. Right. And it ignores there's a spider literally in the middle of us coming down from the ceiling. You and I both caught that at the same time. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Kill it. I'm killing it. I got you. All right. There you go. Kill that spider. With your bare hands? Gangster. You nasty boy. What do we do? Get spider juice. You see it on camera too. I become straight down. Did you really? Yeah. Well. Have you just became Spider-Man? Go get us a sponsor. Yeah. Go get us a sponsor. Yeah. Let's see if Oscorp will sponsor us. Yeah. You will understand nothing about that. Arun got that. Hey. He's out there laughing his ass off. He knows. That laugh will make its way onto the show. I'll that edit was... that bitch in. Listen, what what this is not taken into account, okay? If if the Fed let's hope. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong too. I hope that Business Insider is right with this chart of the day saying that the Fed's gonna reach their two percent target. Uh, rate of inflation by April. That would mean home affordability is on its way to the, on the right track. Except that would also mean that home values are spiked right the hell back up. Yeah. So I find that improbable because I don't see how you get to 2% inflation without rent and rent equivalent, which is about 33, 34% of the inflation number going down. Yeah. Right. So it's that because it's that portion of the CPI and PCE oh, report. This chart. I don't know if you saw this chart. Do you see it? No, I didn't see this one. Uh, Rents point to major housing costs disinflation. So, so listen to the dipshit stuff that they're pulling out here. So chart line, there's three lines in this chart, right? Mm. Or three lines that really matter, I should say. Line one, CPI, owner's equivalent rent, right? Mm-hmm. It's gone up. It's starting to creep back down a little bit. Yep. A tiny bit. You know, from 18, you know, somewhere in there. Actually, this is from like 16 down to 14. So a tiny bit. Okay. And there's CPI, primary rents. Another metric. Don't worry about it. 18 down to 14. About you know, a little more of a, of a drop. Mm-hmm. And then you got Zillow observed rents advanced 10 months. The 10 months rent. rent. And why is Zillow always wildly inaccurate? I mean, always. Like, now you're just trying to be an asshole. They have rents going from 16 down to 3. <laughs> I mean, you're so full of shit, Zillow. It's unbelievable. Shame on you, Zillow. Just get out of your own way, man. I'm going to start a new leave site. The, leave the data to Redfin. Yeah. Somebody shut Zillow down. I love the employees. Great people. But goddamn, your data sucks. I mean, unless they could do something about this whole National Association of Realtors thing. If they, if oh, did you hear what they did next? What? So this law for fucking A, man. They they win this one point seven billion dollar judgment. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. A whole lot, and of it money. can go up to five billion, effectively including the 
alluding to the fact that there's some antitrust violations because they've colluded to keep buyers uh, and sellers and the commissions in a certain space. And I won't get into the nuances because it's not worth it. They know the National Association of Realtors is going to appeal. It's too big of a judgment to not to appeal. You have yeah, to Yeah, it's going it, to get right? dragged out. It's going to get dragged out. But it's likely to change the landscape. So what do they do? They're looking for anybody who bought or sold a home in the last five years to join a class action to get damages. Oh, my God. Yeah. Using that judgment as a way to leverage. So now it's. So now a class action, the attorneys typically get paid because what happens is the class action, let's say if, you know, 10 people each get a thousand dollars, right? So it'd be $10,000. The law firm gets 33, 35% of that. Right. So really they're going to take this big chunk of it and then the rest of it gets dispersed. Plus they subtract their fees and costs and everything else. So the only person who really makes a big chunk of money is the law firm. Everybody else gets a smaller dollar amount. Man, on those large settlement cases, the contingency fees still, still on average, like 33%. Yeah. Holy cow, man. Yeah, law firms get paid out on those. Yeah, I know. I used to work for a law firm that the contingency fee was 33%. Yeah. Yeah, contingency fees are not no joke, man. Yeah. And yeah. those lawyers only take the cases that they know they're going to win. So yeah. They're not going to put in all that work for nothing. Or they take cases they know there's a big enough insurance policy and then it won't get to, get to, get to court. Mm. They're not worried about winning. They're worried about pleading long enough and dragging you long enough to, where to spend is that you'll settle. Yeah. Dirty game. It really is an unethical game that bothers me a lot. It doesn't bother me a lot. What does not bother you a lot, Chris? You ever been to Planet Fitness? <laughs> no, I haven't. I have. Really? I walked into Planet Fitness once. You wanted pizza, I wanted, huh? I wanted to check it out. I didn't know they served pizza there. There was pizza literally on a folding table right next to the entrance. On your way out? There was Tootsie Rolls in a little jar when you checked in. Man. And I didn't get it. And I sat there for five minutes going, what in the fuck is... This is weird. Look, I'm all for not okay. I'm I'm, I'm good about being inclusive. I'm I'm good with being inclusive, right? Yeah. I'm good with okay. You know, fat shaming's too much for some people. You heard okay? of, I think it's called a lunk alarm. You heard about this? No. You drop weights, make loud noises, and like the oh, I've seen, I've thing. seen this on. There's an alarm on the wall that goes off. Yeah. To try to shame you. Shame you, or they'll kick you out. Yeah, they will kick you out. Yeah, you start grunting or yeah, all that they'll kick you out. But listen, man, this body positivity stuff. When it comes to like people not being healthy, we can't we can't be promoting that stuff. That's it's 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 getting a little too much. I'm all good with like everybody should feel good about their body. Yeah, me too. But at the same time, I don't want to see any of your bodies. <laughs> in shape, not in shape, like yeah. cover up, bro. Right. This whole midriff thing that's going on right now. What is that? Even dudes are showing midriff. Right. I don't want to see anybody's navels. No. Don't want to see it. <laughs> You're jealous. I'm not jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. So Planet Fitness, what do they do? Well, if you were wondering, well, Chris, hey, we got uh, the show started off with some potentially negative commentary, like doom and gloom, and then we wound up being positive, and you said not to trust it. Mm -hmm. What the fuck are we supposed to believe, Chris? Yeah. Well, got an example for you. From the street. Really, no, the street, not like the hood. Thug life. Yeah. Beloved fitness brand may have very bad news for customers. Mm -hmm. Many other re recurring subscriptions have also toyed with the price hikes in recent quarters. Netflix, for example, recently hinted it would be raising memberships, 
membership prices again in December. And in May, Peloton introduced three tiers of pricing. App-only membership that costs up to $44 per month. Previously, the most popular plan had been about $12.99 per month. Planet Fitness hasn't officially issued notice that it will be raising prices, adding it's just, quote, in the experimental phase from their earnings call, by the way. Yeah, we want to see if y'all going to do it. As of now, membership to the popular gym starts at just $10 per month plus a $1 startup fee. And the reason why I include this here is remember when we talked about a little while ago about an earnings recession? Yes, we did. These companies will start to make less money or their costs will start to rise due to inflation and leading to less profits. And this earnings recession will impact their stock. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do when they're facing the potential of making less money? They're going to raise the cost of their service or their product and pass it on to you, the consumer, so they can recoup their potential losses. Right. Right? So they can avoid this earnings recession. Because, you know, if you're, in a, if you're in a recession and you start cutting back on some of your expenses, like your nightlife, you're going out to restaurants all the time, maybe you don't take that trip anymore because you can't afford it, mm -hmm. you're not going to cancel your Netflix membership. You gotta, you're staying home. You got to. You got to chill. Stranger Things is coming out, bro. <laughs> can't miss that. Is it really? Another another season? Stop it. No, I'm being serious. Th those kids are old, man. Well, first of all, you fake as fuck. You don't even know that. It ain't finished in Hawkins, bro. You didn't see the last season? No, I didn't see the last I season. I think he hasn't seen the last two seasons. I have made I, oh. I, I, but I'll, I'll say I really enjoyed the series. I'll be honest, I no, did. You, you enjoyed the series portion of the series that you watched, but the kids are old, man. They're not old; they've evolved. The eleven, she's like, like twenty one now. Like she's older. Okay, you know what? Don't don't poop on my parade, bro. I've been waiting for this last. Do they still out. portray her to be like? No, they've they've grown up. Oh, they're, in the show that she's grown up. Yeah, okay, okay, they're, they're growing up. Yeah, they're in high school. That escalated quickly. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you have kids, right? What do you mean? They grew up. Okay. It's not like The Simpsons were this young forever, bro. Uh, that, that's what I grew up on. I need that. Did you know that Homer can't choke Bart anymore because of social pressures? See. Just taking everything away from the shows. Taking all the good shit away from All us, the bro. good shows. Everybody gets canceled. What's wrong with that? I mean, you can't even say midget. You have to say little people. You can't say these things anymore. And it's just, it's hard. Yeah, man. Everybody gets offended. You can't do those things, Saeed. Can't do those things. I want to so bad. So the point of this article and the point of the crescendo, I guess, of, of all this thought, thought process is, so clearly there's an earnings recession that's happening. Clearly these companies are trying to find a way to eke out more profits. But here's what you need to think about as a consumer, okay? These prices that are being raised in response to the stress these companies are going to feel, whether your Planet Fitness membership goes up, whether your Netflix, Peloton you know, memberships go up, they don't lower them when times get back on track. Some of this inflation you're experiencing, food inflation will go up and down. Sure. Oil inflation will go up and down. But when you see stuff like this go up, they don't come down. The reason why? Companies trying to recoup profits and prevent from having less earnings because they have this pressure to the Wall Street, right? They want to have increased profits quarter after quarter after quarter. They want to show this upward trending, not downward, not flat, upward. But guess what? When their costs go back down, when the cost to them is normalized and they can have it just as profitable model as they did before, they can get more subscribers or more users. That's how they grow. They say, well, you know what? We've got now more profits baked into our price and people are paying it. Now we get more people, we're even more profitable. 
So some of this is permanent. It's long lasting. It's not going to go anywhere. So for us to think, oh, this inflation is going to be great, you know, a couple months and we're going to be able to cut rates again. It's going to be easy peasy. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Some of this inflation is here to stay. Yeah. Odun, could you do me a favor? Can you Google quickly how many subscribers Netflix has? How many guess? Take a guess. I have no clue. It's in the millions, obviously. It has to be. I will guess 100 million. What do you say? Mm-mm. Make I'd, a guess. I'd say like 40 million. Okay. 40, 60, somewhere there. 247 million? I fucked that up. Now, imagine if they, if they just raise it a dollar more a month. Yeah. Think about that. Think about that for a second. Yeah, I know. What does that do for them? Makes me want to open up a Patreon. We gotta have an OnlyFans. Arun, take your shirt off. Yeah, let us know in the comment section if you would join Patreon. If Odun decided, we gave Odun a camera, we made him sit there with the shirt off because he's he consistently keeps losing weight. Some people don't know what I look like. I know. It's very interesting. So at some point, hey man, you might you might go in some place and be like, hey, um, I want a latte. They're gonna be like, oh my god, it's Arun. <laughs> he's clearing his voice. Yeah. They recognize it. I know that. <laughs> I know that gargle. The can open end. Yeah. You sound like a goat that I know. <laughs> like a goat. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> that, not goat in the good way. Right? Oh, the greatest of all time, bro. Yeah, he is the greatest of all time. <laughs> he is the greatest producer of all time. Yeah. I mean, I try to explain to people what Arun does, and I always try to explain it like, oh, he does this, this, and this, and then they don't get it. And finally, I go, he's fucking Jamie from Rogue. And they go, oh, oh, <laughs> why did you say that? And I'm like, I, I just did. Doug. Doug. Doug, yeah. New Doug. New Doug, Doug. not the old Doug. Doug. Yeah, your Instagram handle should be New Doug. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> That'd be so good. Use the hashtag MindPubSocks. <laughs> hey, don't say that. We don't. We don't believe that. No, he's gonna be the new Doug. You know what I mean? Like, he's gonna hate on it. I gotta go up there and see those guys. Actually, uh, December first for the holiday party. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, you were not invited. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. left me out. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. Uh, actually, Adam said, um, make sure not to not to bring them. Because mm. originally, I was gonna bring you guys as my dates and tell everybody we were polyamorous. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, you know what? That's probably not a good look. Not a good look. Yeah. What's up? Well, you got anything else? We got some more articles, but um, we'll leave them in for the next episode. Yeah, I feel like that's probably a good thing to do. Yeah. Odun, you got anything? Uh, no. no. I got to find out what your mic is humming, man. Yeah. Because there's something over there that, that's sending out a signal. It could be the Wi Fi router thing, too. I don't know. I got to figure out what it is. That mm-hmm. thing again? Huh? Yeah. We'll or, or you're on your cell phone watching you porn again. Yeah. <laughs> is this the only, you know what? Still on the topic of, um, OnlyFans and that kind of stuff. Am I the only person who runs across like a funny page now? There's like there's a number of these where it's like a funny couples page and they do they they talk about stuff that like couples do, like farting in bed and stuff like that. And it's like innocuous, like simple humor, right? You like you mean like an Instagram page? Like Instagram pages, okay. like all like it'll be in my for you page and it'll be like a funny like couple thing. Okay. Right, and then you'll click on it and be like, oh god, this couple's hilarious, blah blah blah, and they both do you porn or like uh, you your OnlyFans or something. I haven't run into that issue. I think I think you don't. I think you probably have. You just don't know it. Really? Like a lot of people are now trying to get followers to redirect them to like their adult content. How crazy! And it's wild because they're like not explicit. They're, they're like just the, the normal comedy sketches that people do. Yeah. So then, how do you come across finding out that that's what they do on the side? 
There's little like hints and stuff, but generally they have like they have like a link in their bio or something like that or something. You know, it, it's there. Yeah, you just got to look at you like, jeez. Yeah, it's weird. Or sometimes it's in the emojis. You see like pineapples and like you know angry like little devil faces and stuff. I don't. You, they speak the whole emoji language. Bro. Oh yeah, you need to know the emoji. It's lost language. on me. Yeah, there's a lot of trauma there. Wait, so pineapple means swinger. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. How does that make sense? I don't know. It's just the thing. Pineapples oh. mean swinger. Should have added a pineapples. Pineapples is like a was a, a safe word for Kevin Hart. That's what he said. I safe. bet it was a safe word for Kevin Hart. <laughs> that makes safe. a whole lot of sense. That's my safe word. <laughs> it's a pineapples, bitch. My safe word is sassafras. <laughs> uh, Rude, if you had a safe word, what would it be? Moist. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring it back full circle. And that's why I hear the new Doug. Yeah, all right. Well, call it a wrap, buddy. Good night, everybody. Bye.